0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. One of the things that really helps me grow in my own relationship with the Lord is when I look in the scriptures and I see patterns there. And when I see these patterns, it helps me to see how God has worked in the past, and it helps me to interpret my own life experiences. And one of the books that's really helped me to kind of see these patterns is a little book called The God Moment Principle by Alan Wright. And in this book, he shows us these different types of God moments or these patterns in the scriptures. And one of those patterns is the pattern of rescue, that God loves to do these amazing rescues in people's lives. And I was reading about a story of a guy who had one such amazing rescue. His name is Captain Scott O'Grady. He was a fighter pilot. There was a movie made about him called Basher 52. And then he was featured in Time Magazine some years ago, no doubt. Some of you remember that story when he was shot down in his F-16 plane on a mission to keep the peace in Bosnia. And when uh, Scott O'Grady was shot down, his plane exploded, but not before he ejected and he parachuted five miles uh, to the ground. And when he got there, all he could do was just Thank God that he was still alive because he got on his radio and tried to get help, but he couldn't reach anyone. And so he just had to be patient and wait. And he said he sat down and he just prayed and thanked God. And this, all of a sudden, according to the account, he received this inner peace as he was sitting there behind enemy lines and he felt like that there were a lot of people praying for him and he, and he sensed like a chorus of voices as he describes it that were praying for his safety and he had this inner peace and he got really thirsty there and he prayed and asked god for it to rain and it rained And he collected rainwater in these little baggies, and he's able to drink the rainwater and survive by eating bugs and leaves and stuff like that. And so this particular week would change Scott O'Grady's life. And I'm going to come back to his story a little bit later. But before I do, I want to remind us of what we learned last week of what a God moment is. God moments are experiences of God's loving activity that change us. There are experiences of God's loving activity in our lives that change us. And the type of God moment that we're going to be exploring in the scriptures today is that of amazing rescue. Now, as I'm talking, I'm going to ask you to do a little mental multitasking because I know you're doing it anyway. Like sometimes I can watch it on your face as you're zoning out, I'm talking, I prepared a sermon and you're thinking barbecue. You're thinking football after church. You're thinking fajitas and margaritas. Okay, this is you do this, this, so let's put it to good use, shall we? And so while you're mental multitasking, I want you to think about, maybe type into your phone, write down on a piece of paper a time in your life when you could have died or been severely maimed but for some reason you were not. Maybe it was a car wreck. Maybe it was a medical condition. Maybe it was some type of an accident. Think about a time in your life when you could have died, but you didn't. And write it down, type it in. It's a God moment to remember. Now, another thing I want to encourage you and challenge you to do is when you think about that time where you could have died, but you didn't, I want you to remember that as a God moment. And today, before you leave, We've got a little video booth in the lobby of the Cameo Theater. If you're you're worshiping here in person, walk through the lobby on your way out today and just go in that video booth and tell your story on video of amazing rescue of how you should have died, but you didn't, but God rescued you. And here's the one idea I want to submit to you as you think about those times when you could have died. Remember the rescue when facing the future. I'm going to say that first half, and you say those last three words when I point to you. You'll say the words facing the future. Are you ready? Remember the rescue when facing the future. See, because if you can remember the past rescues of God in your life, where he rescued you or your family, then you can walk into the future with faith and with courage. But unfortunately, everybody doesn't remember when God rescued them. The Jewish people all throughout the Old Testament of scripture were rescued by God. We're gonna walk through that here in just a minute. But one of the times they were rescued from a warring people group known as the Midianites. And if you've read this story, if you haven't, I'll just give it to you in a nutshell. They were at war with the Midianites. God sent a guy named Gideon to help them overcome and rescue them from the Midianite people who were at war with them. And look at what happened next They forgot their rescue. In Judges chapter 8, verse 33, no sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal bereath as their God and did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hands of their enemies on every side. And so when the people of God forgot the ways that he had rescued them, it caused them to slide off a full devotion to God. They started worshiping this false God called Baal. It led them into some really negative, awful kinds of practices like child sacrifice and the like. And how many times have we known people, they've had these God moments or these encounters but forgot about them, didn't remember them, and Then when things got hard, they bail out on God because they didn't remember their God moment. They didn't remember their amazing rescue. So remember the rescue when facing the future. And today, I'm gonna walk you through the scriptures and show you four types of God moments. And the first one is this. God rescues from being trapped, imprisoned, or danger. God rescues us oftentimes from being trapped, imprisoned, or in danger. Perhaps you would like to be rescued from your job, you know? Some would like to be rescued from abusive relationship. Some would like to be rescued from being single, you know? Ladies, you want that hot Christian man with like, I don't know, a job or something, you know? He's got money and he's a, you want him to rescue you from singleness, so just, you know, keep praying. But, um, but I need to give you a disclaimer at this point. Because before I get into all this stuff about rescue, you need to understand that God doesn't always rescue us the way we want. Like when you read throughout the Bible, you'll see like John the Baptist, he was in prison and he didn't get rescued, did he? He died in prison. He was beheaded because of his faith in Jesus. So we're going to have like three different services that address what we do when God doesn't rescue us the way that we want to be rescued, but today we're going to look at the pattern of when he does rescue in these amazing ways, and we'll see as we start out in Exodus, Israel experienced an amazing rescue when they were enslaved by the Egyptians. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3 verse 8. It says, so I, God says, I have come down to what? Rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, I would add, the Kazuntikes, the Klondikes, the Mosquito Bites, all these ites, you know, here in the Bible, right? But uh, he came down to rescue them and put them into a good land. And so the God moment of the rescue happened when he brought the Jewish people out of Egypt and he parted the seas so they could walk out of there through the Red Sea into a new land, a new home. Now, Peter experienced an amazing rescue when he was in jail and the believer's, We're all praying for Peter as he was in jail and God answered their prayers. In Acts chapter five, verse 19, it says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out, brought them out of prison. And when I was looking at Peter's story of rescue from prison, I couldn't help but think about a friend here in our church, David Perez, who spent a lot of his life in prison because he had been involved in the Mexican mafia. And he got out of prison and he came to faith in Jesus here at our church. He was baptized here. But he, he, when he got out, he knew he would have to be back involved in the Mexican mafia. And when he started following Jesus, he didn't want to be involved in the Mexican mafia anymore. And most of you know that there's only one way out of that, right? Body bag. But God, by his grace, they allowed him out. They made an exception. They allowed him out. An amazing rescue. Let me show you another story in the Bible. It's these three young Jewish men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And look at what the scripture says happened in Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and done what? Rescued his servants. See, rescued them out of the fiery furnace. Same thing happened with Daniel. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he wouldn't bow down to the idol of that day. And look at what Daniel 6.27 says. It says, God rescues and he says, he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. You see in the pattern there all throughout the scripture? So sometimes God will rescue us from dangers. And I remember... One time in my life that I felt like could have been one of these amazing rescue God moments, I was ministering in Managua, Nicaragua. And Nicaragua is not one of those places that are in the traveling brochures, you know, that are really safe to go. And I went and we were, our group was ministering in this area called La Shreka, which is one of the worst places I've ever been, an ominous place with smoke in the air. Uh, It was people scavenging off the city dump there just to scrounge up any type of a living, any type of sustenance there. And we met this couple who ministered along La Shreka there and they created a little church to minister to the people there. And the wife of this couple was known in that community as the prophetess. And evidently, because she was known as the prophetess, she was very accurate in these words that she would get from the Lord and so our group was ministering alongside this couple and the prophetess points me out and she calls me over. And I'm like, hey, when the prophetess calls, you gotta go, right? And so I go over there and she gives me this word for my life. She says, you are protected. I thought, that's nice, you know, but I, I didn't think much of it because I figured, you know, you could say it's five o'clock and you're going to be right twice a day, aren't you? And so I thought, you know, maybe it didn't seem that precise to me, but she persisted and she was intense about it. She's like, you are protected. And I'm, I just thanked her and I was polite about it and didn't think much of it until the next day. The next day, our group went to another community There in Managua, and we were ministering in a typical third world environment, walking down this dirt road, talking to people in, you know, grass huts and you know, little homes that were kind of made of mud and, you know, grass tops and all this chickens running around everywhere. I mean, I've been to a bunch of those places and we're just praying with people, talking to people, and all of a sudden we're walking down this dirt road and these two thieves come out, and there's a gunman he holds us at gunpoint stops us there, and then his wingman would go around each person and collect wallets and cash, phones, purses, anything they could get off of us. So when they stop us, they're collecting some of the group's money, their wallets and things, and the gunman's holding a gun on us like this. And I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe I can like sneak my wallet from my front pocket back in the back of my pants. And so I'm trying to do that. I don't recommend doing that because the guy, I, I'm like putting it back in my pants there. And the guy like points the gun at me and says something really angry in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, no problem I could by that's that, but that's like, no problemo, dude. And all I could think about was what it was going to feel like to get a bullet through my abdomen, you know? Well, then the wingman came over to me. And he looked at me and he got this scared look on his face. And I know that, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I'm not the most intimidating looking guy. I mean, you know, I'm kind of a harmless fuzzball, right? And the wingman runs and then the gunman ran away. And at that moment, I remembered, you're protected. See? God moment. Amazing Rescue. Sometimes he rescues us. Now, there's a particular group of people that God loves to rescue. And that's number two. God loves to rescue children. That's why I love child dedication Sundays is because, you know, children are so important to God. You can notice all throughout the scriptures that the enemy is oftentimes trying to destroy and harm babies or harm children. And uh, God is throughout the scriptures rescuing babies and children, you know? And so I want to show you a few of these stories. There's baby Moses was placed in a basket because there was a genocide at that time. The Egyptians were trying to kill all the Jewish baby boys and Moses' mother had the wherewithal to just put him in a basket, put him in the Nile River and he floated down and by God's hand, he floated right into an area where none other than Pharaoh's daughter would pull that basket out of the river and raise that boy so that he could grow up to be royalty. This is Moses, see? And then look at the Jewish Passover. It's celebrated to this day because the death angel was coming over Egypt, but the Jewish people painted above their doorposts and their firstborn were saved because they painted over their doorframes, see? See? And then you can look at how Jesus viewed the little ones in Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 10. It says, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that they're, look at that, they're what? Angels in heaven. Always see the face of my father in heaven. This passage leads me to believe that God has assigned angels to children to guard them. How many of you have children that their angel is busy? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He's like, the angels are busy sometimes. You know, I don't know how any child like makes it to adulthood because children like put stuff in their mouth all the time that they shouldn't put in their mouth. They're like, ah, it's just laying there. Let's, let me put it in my mouth, you know? Electric cord, let's bite it and see what it does. You know, ah, you know? it's like they have scissors. They run around with scissors. You, you know, you're, you're at HEB in a parking lot. You're trying to get all the grocery bags in and get the kid, you know, in the car seat. And the kid runs across the parking lot in front of moving vehicles. They run out to the streets all the time. Their angels are busy. Aren't they? And then there are the teenage years. (laughs) You know, scientists tell us that the reason that teenagers are so crazy is because the lobes of their brains have not yet closed. And so their angels are pretty busy as well. How many of you are surprised that you made it through your teen years after all the crazy stuff you did, right? I mean, there there were a bunch of us. and, And I can remember when I was a teenager, I think I may have had a God moment then. An amazing rescue, because my friends and I, we like riding those BMX bikes. You know what I'm talking about? those BMX bikes, and one of the things that we love doing on our BMX bikes is that we would set up a ramp in someone's yard, and then we would jump the ramp. you know we'd like getting air and all that kind of that's kind of fun. We'd jump the ramps. And so one day we set up this ramp in Jeff's yard, my friend Jeff, and it was in the grass, and so we'd have to ride from down the street up the, the driveway, into the grass, hit the ramp, get some air, you know, land it, and then ride back in the street and do it again. So after one of my turns, you know, I, I rode at the end of the street, I, I rode down the street as fast as I could on my bicycle, I rode up the driveway, I hit the ramp, pff, cross up for style points, land it. Go back into the street, ride down the street, come back down the street. And I'm riding as fast as I can, because the faster you ride, the more air you'll get, right? And so I hit the rim, poof, cross up, peace sign for style points, grab the handlebars, land it, poof, back in the street, bam, I got hit by a car. And so I'm, why is it so funny that your pastor got hit by a car? Sinners. So, anyways, I'm rolling over the top of the car. And I had this sensation like someone was spotting me. You know that feeling you have when you're learning to do a backflip or a somersault and someone puts their hand out to spot you? That's what it felt like. And I rolled over the top of the car and landed on my feet. I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm shaking it off. And then I see my bicycle. I grabbed my bike by the frame and it's like bent and then the front wheel was completely bent over. And you know, I think that that may have been a God moment because it was, was not long after that, a couple of years after that, that I started actually really trying to follow Jesus. And can I tell you some, some of you that God allowed you to live. He rescued you because he wanted you to come to a place of really following him, you know? It was his grace that he rescued you so you could begin to follow him. But another thing I want to show you about these amazing rescues is number three, that God rescues for a reason. He rescues you for a reason. Um, There's a friend of mine, Pastor Brent Sadoff. He's actually one of the overseers of our church, and he's the pastor at City Church. And years ago, by the way, City Church, in case you're new here, is a church over on the northwest side that helped plant our church downtown some years ago. Well, many years ago, when Brent was in seminary, he was in a car with his cousin. And they were driving down this road. They went through a light. They had the green light. Well, the guy on the cross intersection ran a red light doing over 70 miles an hour and T-boned their car, smashed their car. And not only did Brent live through it, but he walked away. And we believe it could have been an amazing rescue. And I'll tell you why I'm so thankful for that amazing rescue. Because some years later, God would use Brent to help me restore my marriage, my life, restore me into the ministry. And I'm standing here sharing the word of God today because God rescued Brent so that he could rescue me. Make sense? Yeah. So... The reason I told you that is because God has someone for you to rescue. Look at Jude 22. Be merciful to those in doubt. Snatch others from the fire and do what? Save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted Flesh And perhaps the reason that God saved you, rescued you from certain death is he's got an assignment for you. He rescued you for a reason. You don't know what God's going to do through the person that you're called to go and rescue, help, and save, you know. So when facing, you know, when when you remember your rescue, you can face your future. Now we started out our conversation today talking about Captain Scott O'Grady. And I wanted to finish up his story. You know, after some days surviving on bugs and rainwater, he was finally able to get through on his radio to a pilot friend of his that was out looking for him. He contacted this pilot friend and they sent in two stallion helicopters landing in a field near Scott O'Grady to be able to pick him up. They got him in the helicopter and they start flying out of there, right? And they're experiencing all this, you know, anti-aircraft fire on their helicopters. And they were able to make it through barely, just standing a little bit of damage. And they were finally able to get to safe airspace. And when they got to the safe area, they brought O'Grady in, they gave him some food, and he wanted to meet with the chaplain. And he sat down with the chaplain and he just prayed and cried with him. And then they took him to this uh, press conference in Italy. And the picture you're going to see is Scott O'Grady with Captain Thomas Hanford. And here's what he said about his experience. He said, I'd truly been humbled during my ordeal. It was God who kept me alive the last six days. And then Scott received a call from the president who said the country was on pins and needles. And when Scott O'Grady arrived back in the United States to Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland, the first thing he saw was a banner, and that banner said, Basher 52, America's been praying. Welcome home, Scott O'Grady. See, Prayer is the key to rescues, isn't it? God answers prayers, and people are rescued. And God answered prayers when he sent Jesus. This is number four. Jesus was sent to accomplish the ultimate rescue. And some of you today, if you choose to believe in Jesus, you've never had a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you would receive him today and believe simply that Jesus died on that cross to pay the penalty for your sin, we put out a banner for you that says, City Tribe's been praying for you. Welcome home. Welcome home. Today, we're gonna take communion together because God gave us these elements to remind us, to remember and the communion is for a couple of groups of us, you know, those that have believed in Jesus. And we don't want to forget our rescue, do we? That's why he said to remember me. When you do this, remember me, Jesus said. And so what I'd like to ask you to do right now is go ahead and open the top part where it'll have a wafer there. You can take that little wafer out and go ahead and put the wafer in your mouth and eat it. And that wafer represents Jesus' broken body on the cross. He was broken there and died to pay for your sin. And then once you've done that, you can tear open the other part where the juice is, and the juice represents his blood. Go ahead and drink that now. And as you drink it, he says, do this in remembrance of me. And you know, someone today could be taking their first real communion. You know what I mean by that? Their first real communion? Some of you, you know, were forced to go to church when you were kids, you know, and you took communion just because that's what everybody did. You were just kind of going through the line or whatever. But that didn't really, it wasn't real for you. But when you believe for yourself that Jesus died on that cross for you, then you can take this communion And it's like your first real communion. And I'm hoping that that was the case for someone today. You took your first real communion where it really meant something to you. And you know, remembering always leads us towards worship of him and thanking him for what he's done. So would you guys join me in standing now and let's sing and thank God for the great rescue that he's done for us through Jesus Christ. that you've rescued us. And as we bow before the Lord right now and you remember a time that he rescued you, just raise a hand up real quick. Just raise a hand. You remember a rescue. God, thank you for all the H hand right here is glory to you. Thanking you for the ways that you've rescued us. You saved us when we needed it. And so we can't thank you enough. And most of all, we thank you for Jesus that's represented in the communion. Jesus, that you left heaven where it was safe. You allowed your body to be broken. They didn't take your life. You gave your life willingly. When your body was broken, your blood was shed. And we're just blown away that you would do that for such as us. Thank you so much. We cannot thank you enough. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. God's been pretty awesome to us today, hadn't he? Thank him for that. Well, you guys go ahead and... uh, Take a seat as you take a load off. I just want to remind you of a couple of things. One is that we've got that video booth set up in the lobby. And if you want to tell your story of Amazing Rescue the way that you could have died, but you didn't, then by all means, go by that little uh, photo booth that's right out in the lobby just to your left. Also want to remind you that a week from this Tuesday is our next Awaken worship service that'll be on a tuesday night right here in the cameo theater at 7 p.m so make sure and come on down for a special worship service there um, here in the cameo theater and then if you have believed in jesus at any point in your life maybe today maybe 10 years ago but you've never followed him in that first step of obedience called baptism then get on our website today. You know, we have a saying around here, one of these days is none of these days unless you pick a day. Well, if you've never been baptized, pick a day. And the day is October the 30th, right here in the Cameo Theater. Uh, We'll baptize you here. So make sure and get registered on our website and bring all your friends and family to see you as you're baptized, uh, you know, proclaiming that Jesus is, is your best friend and your Lord. And we call our tithing around here the Rescue Fund because it's used to rescue people for their eternities, for this life and in the one to come. There are four ways to get that done by mail, text, giving stations, or go to our website, type. So before you guys worship, Through your awesome generosity, let's stand up together, and I'm going to speak a word of benediction over us together, and then you guys can take off for those fajitas you've been thinking about the whole service, all right? So anyway, dear brothers and sisters, as you go from this place, know that he rescued you for a reason. Go and watch for those that need the rescue of Jesus Christ in their lives. And so go from here and remember your rescue and allow it to give you faith for the future. You guys have an amazing Sunday, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.